In today's episode, we're speaking to Nafisa Allen. Nafisa is a trained migration scholar and a multicultural communication expert with over 15 years of governmental expertise. Dr. Nafisa Allen elevates diverse perspectives into well-researched mainstream editorial content. Her business focus is on ghostwriting, magazine writing, book editing, content and copywriting for startups, as well as ongoing business writing for venture and private equity firms. Let's speak to Nafisa and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. And if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then remember to click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have Nafisa Allen. Welcome. Hello, hello. Wonderful to be here with you. Nafisa, everyone's heard your intro. They know how amazing you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Dr. Nafisa Allen. I uh, started off originally as a researcher, sort of a migration scholar uh, and an academic, and slowly realized that I had all these other interests and other writing pursuits and have now launched an editorial business that helps me help clients from funders and founders to normal readers and magazines really sort of find diversity and find themselves in the stories that we're telling. So I, I launched this freelance editorial business a little while ago, and it's become my baby, uh, my proud baby. Um, and, and with that, that's really what I've been focusing on these last couple of months. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Nafisa, talk us through, because I mean, you know, we've been working together and I've gone through your journey, but you have so many, hand, your hand in so many pies and you do so many things and you are a young mother of two young children, one on the way, and yeah. it's been, and you are, you know, you work as a diplomat. It's just, you do so many things. Yeah. Um, so talk us through, talk us through your journey. You know, how does a, a young glass, you know, in America end up, you know, working as a diplomat all over the world and living all over the world and being a bit of a nomad, but, and ha- you know, and still having a property business and having your, your writing business and, you, you do so many things so and very successfully, might I add. So talk us through your journey and how did you become such a successful entrepreneur and how did you how do you attain the mindset for it? Yeah, um, great question. Very big question. But um, I think it really started, um, you know, I think like most of us, right, our parents have, have big dreams for us and, and push us academically. And, you know, one day you wake up and realize you've got you know, a very, very long day (laughs) of academic work. And I think for me, I just really, from a really, really young age, had a lot of um, really heavy academic schedule, right? Like school followed by sports, followed by clubs, followed by all these things. Um, And I think I got into expecting that in adult life as well, just expecting that my day would be very, very long and that like 
you know, if I have any downtime, it's meant to do something productive. So I think since uh, being an adult and really following, falling into this entrepreneurship space, I realized that that probably means I have like ADHD or something and that's been undiagnosed. <laughs> I think I've probably channeled it well. So, uh, so it looks like successful multitasking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I went into college having uh, already been through a really rigorous like high school experience where I did study abroad and did all of these different things. And I think, you know, while most of my friends were out kind of having fun and partying in college, I was thinking like, well, how can I, how can I write? How can I, you know, sort of get into the craft of being a writer? How can I, I mean, I did internships, I did all sorts of stuff. Um, and when I uh, was in college, I found a fellowship that actually um, helped me join the Foreign Service uh, rather young. And again, that pace just continued. So I think as, as I grew in this entrepreneurship space, um, I realized that, you know, when you go to a job, you know, a nine to five, you have all this time after five o'clock. <laughs> Um, and and for me, that was like something fun to play with, right? I I just thought, okay, well, if I if I can think of all the things that I was doing before that I kind of put down for my career, so a lot of writing, a lot of creativity, a lot of music, just a lot of the fun artsy things that I was told, you're never gonna make any money from that, so don't do that. Um, I found the time to really dedicate from you know five till eight or five till nine every night um, to really push into that. And over time, especially through COVID, because, you know, COVID gave us a lot of mm. opportunities because of remote distance, um, I realized that there was actually a market, like people would pay for these things. I had no mm-hmm. clue and uh, really didn't recognize that there was an entire market for, you know, trained, seasoned writers, well-researched, right? I had this PhD sitting on a shelf for a while and didn't know quite what to do with it and realized, oh my gosh, you can write articles really fast, like faster than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put all that together to kind of create this uh, freelance editorial business. And it has been fun because, again, it's sort of this asynchronous schedule. It mm-hmm. doesn't put me in this box where somebody's waiting for me to you know, call at 10 a.m. or you know, be at a desk. And I've been able to just be really diverse about what I produce. So I've done children's books. I've also been able to do magazine articles. Um, I'm working on a full-length book now as well. And I ghostwrite. So it's given me a lot of variety that I think, you know, most people who are in that nine-to-five box are really craving. Mm. But I found the right time in which to do that side-by-side with a career that really does give me some of the creature comforts, you know, that you need when you've got a small, you know, small growing family. So uh, that's been my journey of really trying to figure out the best ways to be both in the nine to five space and the entrepreneurship space without burning out. So now let's talk us through the mindset because the, the, there's two different mindsets. There's an employee mindset and there's not an entrepreneurial mindset. And you are one of the few people I know who has navigated both in a sure. very balanced manner. So how do you differentiate your role as an employee, as a thought leader in your profession, because it's not, it's a, it's a high demanding job of yours. Um, And then, and then, then become an entrepreneur and focus time and energy and have put different hats on to do those tasks, as well as maintaining a young family. I know you, your husband really supports you still, nevertheless, you're still the mother. So there's that, as a mom, you never switch off. You're always constantly mental. So you're always like, oh, have they eaten? Have they done this? Have they done homework? Have they okay? Are they okay? Are they emotionally okay? Is she crying? Is he crying? You know, you have those thoughts constantly in your mind. You can't switch off. How do you navigate between the the three? And, and yeah. especially your mindset, how the two different mindsets, 
how have you you know held a balance you know in in so much that you've been very successful in both simultaneously not one after the other but simultaneously this is one of the things that people most people fail to do and that's why most people want to you know want to give up the corporate job asap so they can focus on their entrepreneur endeavors or those people give up the dream of being an entrepreneur because they're too focused on being an, uh, an employee so you've done that talk us through how do you did that Sure. I mean, this has been a work in progress. And I think every day I wake up with never feeling 50-50, some days it's 60-40, and yeah, some days, you know, 70-30. Um, but I, you know, I had a I had a bit of a rupture um with my love for my job um at about I guess about the 10-year mark. Um mm-hmm. I'd experienced some pretty um awful pregnancy discrimination and felt really just disempowered and disinterested and just terribly like you know oh this really isn't for me and I started to look into you know new, new jobs and you know applying to every you know every tech company in sight I remember um, that I remember and, that phase <laughs> yes it was it was fun and not fun at the same time and I think what I really realized at that point is that my job and the nature of it is really unique mm-hmm. and I I like this pace of living abroad so um, the way that my job works is we rotate. So every two to three years, we go to a new country, but we essentially keep the tenure of our career. So it's not like I'm you know, starting from zero when I move from one country to another. And again, I, I tell you, I, I discovered that I have this like occupational ADD. Um, I need that variety. Like the mm. thought of staying anywhere for 10 years gives me heart palpitations. So um, I liked, and I think I really do crave the consistency of a, you know, of an employment path that allows me to just be completely recreating myself every two to three years. It's actually quite entrepreneurial if you lean into it. Mm. And I realized that, you know, going to some of the other companies I was looking at would really put me on a trajectory to constantly be, you know, leaving so many benefits on the table every two to three years if I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel comfortable with a young family. I'm a five-year-old and a three-year-old um, putting myself into that sort of a rat race. Um, but what I did realize is that my job does afford a lot of different benefits that if I change the way I thought about my job, I could really enjoy it. So uh, one of the things you and I really worked on is, you know, of all of the income streams and all of the things that I'm working on, my job can be that foundation right yeah it's it's not the ceiling it's sort of the it's sort of the ground floor yeah. right and I can find ways to build on top of that and really get some uh great momentum in my business because I'm not at this place of like desperation to make yep. ends meet exactly and so it took a long time to wrap my head around that um but I as you said I also have this you know real estate um side of my Hmm. Uh, investment portfolio that I never really took quite seriously, but I realized that a lot of that was because I wasn't living in the U.S. consistently. So I could take a big chunk of savings and just, you know, go buy a house and, you know, stay in it for a little while, but then rent it out and then get this income stream from it. It's almost house hacking. But if I was to move back to the U.S., you know, full time for a job at one of the big tech companies, that entire system would fail. Um, Not that I couldn't reinvent myself, but it would really have to change. And so at some point, I just thought, hey, come to peace with this, right? You know, your job offers this wonderful opportunity for you and your kids to live abroad, for your husband to travel. It's wonderful. It's exciting. There's a lot of consistent benefits. You're not making a million dollars a year, um, but it is the lifestyle that you 
really want and cherish that you're good at, right? I'm really, really good at sort of the comms directing role. And so again, realizing that I didn't have to let my work expand into the weekend. I didn't have to let it expand into the evening hours if I didn't want to. I needed to have some self-control about how much I was giving to that job and the hours. And I realized I could be really efficient during my workday um, if I really tried. And I could really, again, free up those extra evening hours for all of the things that I wanted to do. And when it comes to home, I, I have to say, I think I use the same sort of methodology. When I'm abroad, I have the income to have staff at home, right? Mm. I could have, and I have a great nanny. I've had wonderful maids and housekeepers and people who just kind of keep our house running. Um, and I didn't realize until I came back, to, I'm in the U.S. right now, but I didn't realize until I got back here just how much of that household work really falls on a lot of the women and, you know, who are, are you know, breadwinners or, or out here working every single day. And the hours after five o'clock in the weekends really don't go to anything other than, you know, home, homemaking. Exactly. Um, but, but, you know, thankfully when I'm abroad, I can afford that, you know, that level of care at home. And that puts me in a place where I can really launch my businesses, pay really close attention to the work that I do and build successful teams um, across, around the world, frankly, um, that understand what I need and can really grow with me. So yeah. being outside of the U.S. has actually helped <laughs> in many I mean, ways. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I'm glad you said that because I mean, I know that you've had this opportunity for help outside of US, but I'm sure inside as well. I mean, I know that you know, any successful entrepreneur who mentors you, they, you know, they talk about this all the time. And I do as well. It's where you buy back your time. So anything that you can delegate, you should, you know, and, and not just in professionally, but also in your home, because the home takes up so much of your time. So, you know, gardening, I mean, I do that in my own home. I think I've discussed it quite openly in, the, in our, in our week, bi-weekly Q&As that I have someone who does the windows, I have a window cleaner, I have a gardener, I have someone who does the, you know, the cleaning of the house, and I have someone who actually, yeah. you know, comes sometimes with the ironing and whatever. And if I, my kids were younger, I would even have a, you know, someone who comes to help me with, an, you know, as a, as a nanny, because I, it's it's something that you buy back time. Not that I don't spend time with my kids, but instead of cleaning and cleaning up after them, I'd rather spend that time with them quality time and I have someone else to help me do the other tasks it's a this is a concept which is very very common outside of you know us and uk and you know it's very normal in pakistan or in south indian or you know in other other countries to have a nanny to have a cleaner to have these things for some reason it's a very it's a very it's a very bizarre concept and very foreign concept for places like us and places like us canada or uk because that seemed to be the elitist that's like the only the rich have those which is Makes no sense, you know. If my well, it's expensive. It's super expensive. Well, I, I think mean, uh, yeah. I think the here, yeah, anyway. yeah, it, it, it yeah. is in in one way it would be, but I always think if I'm paying someone twenty pounds an hour to clean my house, and it will take me three hours to clean it at least uh, every day, or you know at least five hours a week, and I'm spending on it, I can I can pay someone twenty hours uh, twenty pounds an hour for three hours, five hours. 
I was giving them a hundred pounds, but if my every hour that I spent on, especially the hour that you work, you get exhausted afterwards as well. So you're like, oh, now I'm tired. Um, so you, they, so for every one hour to work, I'll be an hour resting. So that's like 10 hours of mine gone. If I can use those 10 hours in my business, I'm able to generate at least 5,000 minimum. Um, and right. that's the way you need to think about it. So I, I'm glad you said that. So you know, I'm sure you can apply the same principles in the US. You just have to work around how to, you know, how how to balance it, how to work out your hourly rate and say, okay, that's it's five hundred dollars. Yeah, maybe not a nanny because you want to spend more time with the kids and could be older, but definitely for cleaning and other things, you can have someone who can do that and you can spend time doing other tasks and make money. That's, you know, that's a thinking to go. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good thing that you mentioned just sort of the energy that goes into the work. Like my entrepreneurial work is a really difficult thing, you know, to tag hours onto my business as a writer. Yeah, because you're thinking about it behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're mulling over the ideas, yeah. Yeah, they don't go off. When you're creative, you know, they wake you up at two o'clock in the morning they're up at sun, you know, Sunday at 5 a.m. and they're bursting, right? And so yeah. there's never really a time when, you know, you sort of talked about this mental load of, of being a mom. There's also never a time for a creative when that mental load of all the projects yeah. ever goes yeah. off. Yeah. So for me, it's worked really, really well um, to be sort of in a space where I have people around, again, mm-hmm. to just catch the stuff that I miss, right? I, yeah. I don't want to feel like, oh, I, you know, I, I left my kid's uniform because I was thinking about, you know, this job. And so having that support system is really helpful. I think, you know, where I could be back in the U.S. is extremely hypothetical. Um, you know, I don't think my job would work. I don't, I think I'd have to completely reconfigure a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course my spouse will be working and we have a whole lot of other different things that I'm sort of set up, but um, things are really expensive here. And I do think I would, I would probably feel the pull to really go into the private sector. There's quite a lot more, I think, earning power mm-hmm. there. Um, and, I, and I do think I've gotten the mindset again of controlling my time being extremely efficient that I wouldn't worry about that time sort of creeping into my business time anymore now that I feel like I've got that structure underneath me. Um, but when it comes to, you know, running a business, I think one of the things that I've gotten, you know, really just mindset wrapped around is, you know, I have to do the high value work, right? Yeah. I have to do that. Everything else, like you said, you know, if it's just, you know, typing up an email, doing some administrative tasks, there are a billion other people in the world who are probably going to do that probably better than me, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I want to find that person who's going to do it better than me and be more responsive than me. And I will bring them onto my team and they will be worth their salt. Um, but, you know, I have to keep that mental space for, you know, that client that needs a tricky issue, you know, issue resolved or, you know, something really complicated. And so for that, I just always need extra bandwidth. I tell everybody, you know, I'm always working. I'm trying to work at 80%. Like my normal day is around 80% because there are going to be days when I have to go at 200%. There are going to be weeks when I have to go at 250. And so I just really try to make sure that I'm trying to manage my energy, stay rested, and just not always push myself to the max. And I think in mindset wise, when I was sort of only working on my, you know, day-to-day work, I was given 300% every day at the office. I don't know why, but I had that level of energy. I felt that level of work ethic. I felt like it was the only place I could prove myself and show my worth. And I think I overworked quite a bit. Um, And when I got my business going, I thought, oh my God, number one, I'm a nicer person at work because I'm, I'm not exhausted and I'm not pushing everybody beyond their limits. I'm doing, you know, what we're paid to do, but I'm not out here 
you know, being the person who's nagging at every single thing. And that, again, that other bit of energy, right? That, you know, other 150 or, or 200, I've got this creative outlet that I control, you know, mm. I can just decide that, hey, I'm going to do that now, but I'm not going to do it, you know, next week, I've got a lot more control. So I actually think having a business running side by side with my day job has actually made me better at my day job. And I think yeah. it's made me extremely efficient at my creative business too, because I, I sort of have both hats going at the yep. same time. Yep. And so it's worked really well for me. And I, I could understand why, you know, for other people, there might come a time when it, that balance isn't, isn't, you know, the right balance, or, you know, you want to do one more than the other. But for me, it's really been very complimentary, especially with mm. young kids. Wonderful. So we're, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. What's the one piece of advice you can, if you say you can give to people listening to this podcast at the moment, those who are currently employed in the corporate world and are looking to transition over, or those who have transitioned over, have a, you know, have a side business along with a corporate job, what tip, what advice would you give to them? I think you just have to know your personal brand and what you add value in, regardless of where you serve and, and provide mm. services. Um, again, it took me a really long time to realize that the things that I was doing at work were things people would pay me, you know, three, four, five, ten times, you know, as much for outside of my job if I was serving a different type of client. And so now I recognize that I don't have to hold 100% of my, again, work ethic and interest and talents in one bucket, right? I can offer the same services to somebody else who really needs it and really deserves to have access to someone with my level of skill working on, you know, their startup or their venture capital firm or whatever that is. Um, And again, I think it's just really important to just know your value and know your Mm. worth. So when you're at work, know it there. And when you're, you know, running your business and pricing your work and pricing your services, similarly, you know, know your worth there as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fantastic. So Nafisa, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can you find you on the internet? Sure. The best place to find me is uh, my website, nafisaallen.com. And there you'll see all of my magazine writing as well as my books and how to reach me if you ever need content or strategy help. Um, Otherwise, I'm all over the social medias (laughs) uh, with Instagram and Twitter at the Black Spot, B-L-A-X-P-A-T. Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, the links and if you just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for Nafisa. Do, do check her out. She's an awesome writer. I can watch that because I've been working with Anissa for a while now and um, I can definitely recommend her work. Uh, if you need any help, do connect with her through all her channels. Uh, but thank you so much, Nafisa, for being such an amazing guest. We have to have you back on Money Talkies, but today, thank you so much for being so open and candid with us. Thanks, cool. It's lovely to be here with you. And thank you for listening to me and Afisa today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com 
Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.